0: Hello, world! I like so much that song. Uh, Today we have a big show, and with me, my camera is having fun, but uh, today with me, I have Maxime Rouillet. Hello. Oh, how are you there?
1: (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Pretty well. Uh, I mean, we're not winter yet, but uh, we're working on this, right? (sighs) Viva Quebec! Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So uh, before we jump straight into
0: like the, the show, today we're talking about Microsoft Identity. But uh, do you want to talk a little bit about, introduce yourself, who you are?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, how many people knows me, right? Like, uh, <laughs> all right. So my name is uh, Maxime Rouillet. So if you, you want to say it properly, it's so more or less like it, but otherwise just, everyone call me Max. Uh, I'm a Cloud Advocate uh, at Microsoft, and my focus is on the, um, education crowd. So like everyone in that audience it's very fun. Um, and yeah, so I've been I've been doing consulting, and I've been doing stuff like that before. I've worked on identity, I work on.net, JavaScript, then a whole bunch of different stuff. What about you? What? what have you been working on? I've been working on Hello World, sir. <laughs> but uh, Today, we have an expert with us. So
0: we have Christos. What's up, everyone? Hello, sir. How are you?
2: I'm good, thank you. I'm not in Quebec, so it's not as cold, but Seattle is still uh, fall ish.
0: Mm -hmm. The temperature
2: is going down, but I can still wear my t shirt, which is good. And
0: yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty nice this year, too. Uh, Christos, we met a few days ago to record uh, multiple demos. Do you want to share with us, kind of tease people to know what they should expect of this show? Um, Like, we have four demos, right? We got four demos and they're all focused on identity. So if you
2: haven't used Microsoft identity before, it is a Microsoft service that allows you to add authentication and authorization to your services, but it can do so much more like DevOps, uh, allows you to connect with secretless lists uh, with other services without having to add any secrets because it's all backed by Azure AD. And today we're gonna show how to secure web apps. Uh, we're gonna show you a couple of tools that allow you to automate part of the process so not only speeding up the code, but also um, how you can configure Azure AD without actually going to Azure AD. And then we have APIs as well, and everything that we uh, we show you should be uh, uh, you know you should be able to find them in the docs. And we have a Microsoft Learn module that you can go and complete and learn more. And yeah, it's gonna be super
0: exciting. And all along. When you're not on camera, you will be in the chat answering a question. So we are taking your questions all along, answer in the chat or in the comment if you're watching the replay. Uh, we'll definitely uh, find Christos back, find him so so you get the uh, the answer. So like that's you asking question to Christos and the Microsoft Identity team. But today. We have the, I need to have like a sound effect, but we have the question of the day and it's Christos asking you questions. So which identity provider have you used to secure your apps? Microsoft Identity, Auth, Okta, Ping, or none? Because you did it yourself. So I created a super little QR code here so you could even take your phone right now, stay with us while you're filling that anonymous a little form or if you prefer just uh, answer a b c d e in the chat that's also totally fine but uh, i thought a little form was uh, was fun so I'll do that uh we'll collect that and we'll share your answer to christos because he want to know
1: so i thought it was it was a good idea what do you think well I've rolled my own before <laughs> and before in the before times uh, and uh, it was a terrible idea. So obviously you need something uh, a little bit more structured and made by people that are uh, more expert at well, protecting you know, your system. <laughs> for people who want to get
0: started the good way, or at least using the Microsoft identity, Christos. Can you, like, we're we're ready to watch the the first uh, demo you did, but uh, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit, saying, like, what you do, like, your work? Sounds good. So I'm a developer advocate
2: for the Microsoft Identity team. My goal is to help you, all the developers out there, to be slightly more secure and uh, more um, robust when it comes to building applications, whether it's mobile, desktop, web, uh, or services, right? Um, The whole point is that if you are accessing data, and if you are interacting with users that you need to know what they can do, then you need to have a a system that allows you to authenticate and uh, authorize. And, you know, Maxim said that he rolled his own, I've rolled my own in the past, and it seems like an easy thing to do until you start getting into the weeds like multi-factor authentication or conditional access, token management, how can you avoid brute force attacks? There are, you know, news, that are bombarding us every week with uh, yet another company making the news because their data got um, hacked. Like cyber cyber attacks are all over the place. It will be about $10 billion worth of damage this year alone from cyber attacks, which equates to about $3.8 million per uh, company out there globally. That's a lot of money to, uh, you know, when you think about it. And we as developers have the responsibility to you know, protect our data, protect our assets and protect our users. So the demos today will show you how you can get started, how easy it is to get started. And even though we're focusing a little bit on .NET and we're heavy on .NET for these demos, everything that we show you should be available uh, on every language that you use out there. Java, JavaScript, uh, Node, Python, and what have you. And if we don't provide support for those languages, then the open source libraries that work with OpenID
0: Connect and OS2. So that's our of Yeah. Let's let's roll that demo to to learn more. Web apps. Hey Christas, I'm a .NET developer. Can you can you show me how do I secure a brand new app using an identity provider? Absolutely. Now you don't have to
2: be uh, it doesn't have to be a brand new application, but the code that will show you should be applicable to anything that is .NET Core three or later. So okay. the easiest way to get started is let's do a greenfield project. So .dotnet uh, new web app. I can't even type. And then we'll do .auth, that, just to signify that we want to use authentication. And okay. then we'll do single org, which is the Azure Active Directory tenant I want to use. Now, at this point, it will create a template, but there's no uh, configuration. Let's open this in code and see what we have. Just to... So yeah, I'm using .NET 6, by the way, so it's all the latest and greatest. And in here, we're gonna go into the app settings. There's a lot of things that we need to fill in here, Uh, but the main code is here. Let's hide that. On line 10, yes. On line 11 and 12, we're saying, I want to use authentication, and I want to secure a web app, and it pulls the section from Azure AD in the config. Then we have a default authorization policy, which, in effect, tells our application you need to authorize any user that comes to this app. The first thing they have to do is sign in. If you don't sign in, you can't go anywhere. And then we apply that with user authentication and user authorization. From a code perspective, this is all you need to do to get started. Now we just need to jump very quickly to the uh, portal mm-hmm. to actually create an app registration that will work with our application. So here I'm using my Microsoft Developer tenant. If you don't have a tenant, I would urge you to go to the Microsoft 365 Developer Program and sign up. You get a P2 or P1. You get a P1 Azure Active Directory for free to use, including data, OneDrive, SharePoint, and what have you, plus some dumb users, which makes your life a lot easier. You don't have to mess with your IT team and ask them for permissions. You'd be a god managing this uh, Azure AD tenant. That's what I do for most of my demos. So here we're going to create a new app registration. You go to app registrations, you click new registration. So then we'll just
0: Yeah, go the, for it. the app registration, I'm sorry I kind of uh, cut you. The app registration for for everybody. That's kind mm-hmm. of the uh, the new that taking place to the uh, app user password that we used to do back yes. in the day right yeah so
2: for for us uh there, there are two things that you need to do when you start with Microsoft identity one or in fact with any identity provider it doesn't have to be the Microsoft identity provider but uh, you have to create a an, an registration an application uh, so if you ever use tweets or twitter or anything else to authenticate users you need to go there in the developer portal and create a, a uh, an app registration or registration. This, in effect, tells the platform that you're going to use that to authenticate users, either OpenID Connect or OAuth 2. If you need to get some access tokens. Okay, That's exactly work. what we're doing here. An app registration inside Azure Active Directory signifies to the directory that we're going to be using it to authenticate our users. So if we okay. go back to the screen, uh, I'll give it a name. I'm saying I'm only going to sign in users for my directory. I'll leave everything else blank. So I will press register. And then in here, we have some important information. So we want the application ID uh, to pass back to our code. No, is that the right one? Yeah, that's the right one. So uh, app settings, we have to add uh, the client ID. And then we need a tenant ID, which I need to capture again from the portal. So in here, that's our directory or tenant ID. We will add this here as well. I will add the domain name, which is my name because I am microsoft.com. And I'm leaving everything else as they are. I need to make sure that I press save because otherwise it won't work. I'll also remove the comments because I hate the squiggles. So let's save again. And now all I need to do is just finish up inside Azure Active Directory in the in our app registration. I'm going to say what is signing in or how we're signing in. We need to add a platform, so it's a web app, it's a server-side web app. And our redirect URI, this is where we expect to receive our ID tokens. This is where Azure Active Directory, will send back the tokens or the code uh, for the uh, OAuth flow. And if that's wrong and doesn't match our application, then this is where things fall apart. So uh, localhost, because we're running locally using Kestrel, localhost. And then 5001, that's our default port, and then uh, OIDC, I forgot. And you can find that, which is also a good way to show, sign in OIDC, there you go, that one. Uh, I need more coffee this morning. Okay. And then we'll press save and run it, should it, here, sign in OIDC we we need to click on those and configure that's all we need so now if we go back to our app or the console you know we can use the console yes well, that's, that's the right one so .NET and dotnet run will it work so the so portal huh?
0: we now when we bring we brought the Identifier in our config app, and now we're building. So, Uh two of them should talk to each other. Oh, what? Look,
2: .NET 6 has added random ports there, which I didn't realize. So, now, remember how I said that things will not work if we don't have them configured properly? Then it's uh, (laughs) 7254. Thank you, .NET 6 for uh, for adding this nice twist over there. So, 7254 was it, right? 7254.
0: Save. I'm I'm sure there's a good reason. Why is that? Maybe oh. because you run it parallel or something like that. Is it? I'd, I don't know. I, have, I haven't run the RC yet, so that's the first time I'm
2: actually testing the RC. So this is going to be a good test. So uh, let's let's browse. Okay, that's, that's a good step. Good. Permissions requested, and because I'm already signed in, it's actually going into and we signed in. There you go. A few seconds. Wonderful.
0: Wonderful that was easy, easy so just easy. like that we can get started with dotnet and uh, securing your app well thank you and now it's time for the question in the chat and just like that <laughs> so that's the show we show you a little demo and then we have a short q a so while the sh- you see the the demo please Type your question in the chat, and then we'll ask them live to Christos. Kind of, you know, put him in the corner, force him in, him to answer those question. I was watching the chat, and um, I was seeing uh, I'm not myself talking mm-hmm. about keys, and uh, and it make me think, you know, those key that we put in the code is it yeah. dangerous when we display them on screen? You know, like is it like risk? There, is, what what those key represent as a strategy so data? Yeah. Those GUIDs that you
2: saw there, the application ID or the client ID and the tenant ID, um, like, in fact, the tenant ID can be replaced with a URL. You don't have to have the exact uh, GUID there. It will still work. And the client ID is not a secret. So if somebody knows that, it's, it's not uh, sensitive information. What would have been sensitive information is if I was using a client secret, which if you are using, well, if you are using auth code with Pixie, you need to actually provide a client secret. Okay. and that is something that you need to keep secret now um the right way to go about that is to probably put it in azure key vault and then pull it out at runtime or a startup so it can populate the config value and therefore you don't have any secrets in your application but uh, the right way that you should be doing it and we are working on that is to move away from implicit flow which we used for this example and use auth code with Pixie that would require a client secret, and that secret is important because technically it's like a username and password. And a code is using our code, our web app would be using that information to authenticate against the Azure Active Directory.
0: Okay, but the tenant ID and the, the others are that is correct. Safe. Yeah, that's pretty cool, Max. We have about uh, one minute and a half before moving to the next demo. Do you have a, do you, Did you see any question?
1: uh i had a question about the odd uh, code that you saw i had something mm-hmm. called way before the demo it was talking about idoe i don't even know what that is uh if you have a if you know what that is i have maybe that could be interesting otherwise personally um i'm wondering if like which version of dotnet actually that kind of stuff works with so hey um how can you help with that uh yeah so
2: what we saw today uh, simplified quite a few things. We abstracted quite a bit of the code that requires you to authenticate. And as you saw, it only took like two lines of code and some configuration uh, settings to make it all happen. This is all Microsoft Web, the new library that we pushed out last year. So it's not as new anymore, right? It's like a, <laughs> a year old. Uh, but it allows you to do quite a few things without writing a lot of code. Uh, Microsoft Identity Web works with .NET Core 3.1 and latest and later. Now, if you are using any version before that, like .NET Core 2 or maybe the full framework, then you have to use the MSAL library, the Microsoft uh, Authentication library. That still allows you to do that. It's just a little bit more verbose and requires a little bit more code, but it's all doable.
1: Pretty cool. Perfect. Yeah. So, Frank, do you have any other questions?
0: no i think uh i think the time is flying now we should uh continue with our next segment mm-hmm. hey Jean-Marc, so krista show us uh the way to create those things manually is there a easier way or a smarter way to do this
3: oh you mean to do the app registration uh, yes yes Frank. Th- there is uh, actually when even if you want to work on the command line uh you you can use a tool that will do what I name um, code first app registration. Crystal oh, exactly. had to go to the portal. We are going to just remain in our the tools we know the command line. So Excellent. let's 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 do it. Let's, do, let's it. do it. So I'm I'm going to to do like Crystal. So do dotnet new application. Maybe let's change a bit. Have a Blazor server. I don't know if that's what you want. I'm going to do the minus minus of singular. So I think Christos did the same. I'm going to say that I want to call the graph, Microsoft Graph, so get a a call from Microsoft Graph. And uh, I'm tempted to uh, immediately use the tenant ID, uh, specify the tenant ID. So that doesn't matter if I do it now or if I do it later, but uh, I'm tempted to to do it now. And uh, I've I've pasted uh, my, actually, (laughs) didn't do it so i'm going to take it um i have a, a tenant id for my kind of demo because if i use my uh my tenant id uh professional tenant id uh, this is not uh, as good we don't have all the authorization uh, of course inside uh, our so it means for the user
0: as a developer i need to have admin roles when i i want to run that command or at That's least true. enough permission
3: yeah, that's a good point. You need to, uh, to be able to create or update uh, applications. So, so I'm, I'm going to use uh, this tenant ID, which I copied from my another screen. I'm going to paste that up, yeah. So that's the command.net new Blazor server, authentication single off means Microsoft Identity Platform. I'm going to call the graph and I'm, I'm pre-specifying the tenant ID. So I press return. This is going to uh, create, as you know, uh, the application in this uh, folder you see the, the the time it's just now i'm going to use vs code to look at the app settings.json And uh, we see that, like was the case for Christos, nothing is uh, filled in here except the tenant ID. The tenant ID is already uh, provisioned. It's it's already uh, uh, done here. So now the next step is how do do I get uh, a new app registration? So that will be fairly simple. So let me... uh, uh, Put that on in the background. I'm going to use a, a command line tool named MS Identity App Sync, and to install it, it's a .NET global tool. So you'll see, you'll get a link with the video. Uh, the way to use it is just say MS Identity App Sync, and then that's it. You can, can see that the project is a Blazor uh, server, so it's a kind of web app it will find the tenant ID from the the appsettings.json. And you see that it has created a new application, and it has uh, uh, added the tenant ID, client ID, and domain in the appsettings.json. And for the the secret, so that's that's, when I reopen this window, you see that they have changed. And for the uh, user secrets, they are really in the .NET secrets. So, you know, .NET Core maintains some secrets. So that's uh, that's it. The app registration is done. Now I just need to do a .NET run to see uh, my application running. It's a Blazor server application. So I'll be able to sign in and see my full name because it, it was, it's going to query the graph. If you want to see a bit more in detail uh, what that, that, that does, I think I can open uh, Uh, the controller and we could see, so it must be temp demo. Hello world. And if I want to have a look at the the pages, this uh, show profile page, which I'm going to run, you see we are are going to query the graph and get just my name, just sketch, just just get the user and uh, uh, display the user display. Mm-hmm. So that's what we are going to do. Uh, it's building. Oh, okay. Pretty long. Oh, it's running. So I'm going to just open a, a, a terminal and navigate to this URL, and that will be. That would be. I mean, the, the work is done already. We anyway, we could say so fast. Yeah, the app registration was uh, the rest of the demo is just show that that works. <laughs>
0: let's prove that it actually runs right yeah it's kind of important
3: so i'm going to go i am also a guest of this tenant so i'm going to go to this tenant of course i'm subject to multiple factor authentication so let me approve that on my phone which i just did i just did so that signed me in that's a new application you see so it tells me uh, do you want to allow this application to access your profile? I'm going to say yes. I'm not going to consent uh, on behalf of the application. It turns out that I'm also an admin of this tenant. And this is the classical... Uh, uh, scaffold application. Scaffold, exactly. And for the show profile, it's going to create a graph. You've seen uh, this little uh, fetching, and then that's it. So that was showing how we can do uh, an app registration uh, from the code, the code first uh, app registration. The code was there. And then uh, you, you can use this uh, this app, MS Identity app sync tool, which has uh, many, many options, but uh, I will let you discover that. You can start from, p- provide, but you, I could have provided the tenant ID here, for example, but I will let, let you discover that uh, in the readme, which is there and which is so, so big that I don't know if you see anything.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you. We'll make sure to put all those links in our show notes. Thank you. And now let's go back to see the question from uh, the chat. That was cool. That was a nice demo. But Christos, that wasn't you? (laughs) Uh, That wasn't me. That was one demo I didn't do for today. So
2: who was that
0: gentleman? You want to introduce him? Yeah, Zanmark is uh, is awesome.
2: He's a PM on our SDKs team. So he works on building and uh, integrating with uh, things like, obviously, Microsoft Identity from the SDKs perspective, but also with tooling like Visual Studio and the .NET CLI to allow you to do things like uh, file new project and then add authentication or uh, working on tools like this to help you set up your Azure Active Directory without really um, having to go to the portal, which allows you to, to be more versatile as a developer. You don't have to switch context all the time.
0: Yeah, and if you have any
2: questions, they manage them actually the web repo. So if you have any questions for them, you can find them there. You can find them on our Discord channel. So anywhere you want to ask questions or if you have any issues or
0: recommendations, then yeah, you can find us Yeah, uh,
2: in so many places.
0: Yeah. And to be clear, Jean-Marc was supposed to be there. He got a conflict. We we were hoping that he could join, but he didn't. So I hope everything is going well, Jean-Marc. And uh see you next time. Yeah. Uh, um yeah, so that was one thing I, I was wondering when I I was watching his his demo is well, it was a brand new project. What if mm-hmm. I already have a project? Can can I if I run that command, what
2: So the nice thing is that if you run that command, it will override the existing settings and it will set up a new one. If you already have an app registration with that same name, it will not create a new one. It will find it and then it will pull that information into your code. So in effect, um, if you you have the scaffold already but you haven't had the settings, it will do it for you. Uh, there, there is also the, the need in some cases that you have to actually go and configure the code. So let's say you have a web app that's been running for a while and your manager says, I need to add authentication. Uh, to do that retrospectively, you still have to do a little bit of coding. Now we're working with the Visual Studio team to allow you to retrospectively add authentication uh, through the connected services. So you'll be able to right click on the project and say add authentication and it will pull all the necessary libraries and you get packages. And
0: uh, add the necessary templates in the code without changing everything else that is not identity related. Yes, yeah. So
1: are we? That's nice. Yeah. Are we we planning to uh, integrate that into into any of our toolings? Like, is that is that something that we have um, as a plan? That's a great question.
2: John Mark also manages that relationship with the Visual Studio tools, so. The, the idea is that, yes, that we want to integrate that. Right now, it's a separate tool, so it's not part of the .NET Core um, commands. So it's a global to you like, and download, and that's the way that we go with a lot of supplemental supporting tools. Uh, in Visual Studio, you know, the expectation is that I should be able to do it from uh, the IDE, so we're adding that there. And for uh, VS Code, we are working on a separate tool uh, that's built you know, truly on the core component of the VS Code Extensions platform that will allow you to do both, uh, add identity to a brand new Greenfield project or retrospectively add identity to an existing project. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna follow up with uh, Kurt Donnelly's question from the chat where he's asking about uh, identity resilience and some of the features that are coming uh, on the 4 to 5 show, we also have an IT pro segment that covers these things. So, uh, and I think on Discord, uh, that information has also been shared. There's a lot of work on resiliency that is coming, including uh, protocol based, like um, continuous access evaluation, which is gonna be awesome for long lead tokens. And then resiliency on the platform itself, which will allow you to uh, cast your tokens and retrieve them later, and then, if something happens to the actual Azure Active Directory, you can still access your services without having to rely on Azure AD. So a lot of work there. And there's, uh, I've also uh, pasted a couple of documents uh, in the chat that show you how to build a resilient app as well. So sometimes it's not a backend platform, it is the actual code implementation. So you need to be careful about that as well. So that's pretty cool.
1: We we mentioned something and we kind of have like this indirect uh, mm-hmm. advertisement in the back of your screen that is super sure. fun, like the 425 show, like, yep. what is that? Where where can people find that? Well, if you like what you see today
2: and you want to learn more about identity, then the 425 show, it's a Twitch stream and we also have a YouTube channel where we archive all our streams, where we talk about identity end-to-end. And sometimes that covers uh, things like .NET with Microsoft Identity, sometimes we do Python or JavaScript, and we show people how to use identity to write secure apps. And we'll cover more end-to-end scenarios, so rather than going to docs and finding like one component and then having to fish for the rest of one, we'll show you how to you know, create a web app, add identity, then put it into DevOps and then publish it to production and what that um, entails. So when you leave the show, you have a good idea But if you want to do, say Azure Functions with Identity, right? then we show you everything end to end.
0: Very interesting. Um, so now we're uh, very close to jump on the, the next demo. And it was you that one, right? I guess um, so. so since the beginning, we see a lot of .NET. So our, is it just .NET? Can we see, is there other supported languages to work with uh, Identity? That's a great question again.
2: Uh, So the Microsoft Identity Platform supports most all of the uh, main uh, frameworks and languages out there. So we do have an official library called EMSL. If you still use ADAL, by the way, you should hurry up and migrate to EMSL because ADAL is going, our older library is going out of support at the end of June 30th of this year. Uh, No, 2022. Yeah this financial year at Microsoft terms. Um, Yeah, at the end of June, we'll support supporting Adal. So MSAL is the way to go. And MSAL is available in most of the major frameworks and languages. So if you're doing JavaScript, then we have React and Angular helpers. We do have a a pure breed MSAL JS library. If you're doing .NET, we have MSAL.NET. Same for Java, same for Python. Um, but if you are in a language that is either very new, or we don't have a library for you, then you can use any open source OpenID Connect library. So if you're doing Go, we do have an experimental MSAL, but if you want to go with something more mainstream and tested, you can use that. Um, if you are working, say, with PHP, uh, we you do have the option of using any OAuth library. And uh, The other day I was working with uh, Next.js, and there's not an official Next.js and a package for Microsoft Identity. So I just went and grabbed an open source one and made it work.
0: So there you go. Wonderful. Okay, so you know what? Let's continue our journey and watch this next demo. Christos, we saw how easy it was to use identity when we are creating web app, but is it different? What do we need to do differently when we're talking about API? Well, quite a
2: few things have changed in the .NET space, and you know .NET six is just around the corner, which is super exciting. But when creating APIs, the first, the major difference is that there's no UI to interact with. So um, your APIs need to still be secure, and they need to check for certain things. First is the, that the token is valid, and secondly that the incoming access token contains the right permissions. Sometimes people only do half of it, and then you know everything is uh, fair game once they pass through the door. So always make sure that you check for certain permissions as well. And uh, this time I'm going to show you how to do a .NET 6 minimal API, which is super fun, just uh, using Azure Active Directory B2C. So in this instance, we're going to be using consumer accounts, not an Azure Active Directory account that is part of your organization. So maybe a web app or a mobile phone app uh, calls into an API to grab some data from the backend. And I'll show you how to do this. So again, if we switch to my console, We'll do dotnet new web API. And then here we're gonna do data source, but this time I'm going to do individual BTC.
0: Okay.
2: And this is going to create our API and we will open it in code. Uh, Opens a new window, which is always fun. Too many, too many screens. That's the problem. Let's say that and you know, it's uh, it is only program. there's no startup.cs, and there are a few things missing, like top-level namespaces and stuff like that. I see controllers here, and I don't like controllers, so let's remove them. Uh, no controllers. We'll add everything in line, just like Node. If you've done Node before, then you know that Node APIs tend to be in line sometimes to make our life easier. And the app settings are going to be slightly different this time because we are using B2C, so there needs to be a sign-in and sign-up policy. Uh, we're going to sit a little bit, and we're going to go copy paste because I want to show you exactly how things work. So first of all, let's grab the settings, and then we will jump to Azure Active Directory BTC to show you where these are coming from. So we have our API app registration like we did before, and I will show you that in a bit. And then we're going to add some codes in the Program.cs. So here I'm just going to grab my code, and we're going to dump it into Program.cs. Mm-hmm. So a control V. So uh, what's happening here? Uh, uh, this is not the right name. I need to use that namespace and then write it here. Uh, and you notice that again, we brought everything in here where we are still using the authentication. Uh, uh, and this time we're doing web API. Uh, We are also configuring course because if you're going to be calling your API, you need to have course, Otherwise, it's going to fail, and you don't want to be caught by that. And then we we have one public endpoint, the MapKit weather forecast, right? And then in here, we're doing two things. One is we're requiring authorization, so we need to make sure there's an access token passed in our request. If that's not there, then we're going to get a 401. But inside here as well, we also say that any incoming request needs to have a valid scope. So not only do I need to authenticate against um, uh, Azure Active Directory B2C, but I also need to have the right permissions in my account. And in here, the permission is access as user. So let's jump very quickly to Azure Active Directory B2C to see how this is configured. So we have the minimalAPI.net, .NET 6. So I'm clicking on this one. And in here, let me zoom in a little bit. We are exposing an API, that's the API here, and that's the fully resolved API namespace. And that's what is used by our API right now. And then we also have an app registration for our client, like something that is calling our API. And we'll use one of the Visual Studio Code extensions to actually run a demo. But uh, here we have the authentication, which uh, is going to be using Thunder Client and VS Code. And under API permissions, we do have uh, that API that is coming from our API. And we've consented to that because users cannot consent in B2C. And with that, we're ready to actually test it. So let's go back into our code and run the API. Uh, let's see, actually, no. Is VS Code going to barf? Because I think there's one thing missing from here. And I think what is missing is the fact that, uh, oh no, it's here, implicit usings enabled. If you don't do that, then it's going to complain about missing namespaces or missing usings. The file is there, it's all good. So yeah, we're ready to run it. So .NET. Run. Is it going to open a random port again? I'm curious.
0: Like I'm assuming it will be the same port.
2: <laughs> well, you know what they say about assumptions. Let's see. I think because it's an API, we don't really have a redirect URI, which is great. It just means that we can go directly and test it, so it doesn't really matter. Yes, there's no redirect URI here, so that's good. Okay, but we need to go into our VS Code now and use can Thunder Client. Uh, ThunderClient is one of my favorite tools because it allows me to test things quickly without having to worry about having a separate tool here for API. So I think it's at the very top. Just need to change the port number, which I don't remember. Do you remember what? I think it's 7148. And obviously, uh, here I've got my authentication configuration, which you can't see because everything is so minimized. So I'm going to zoom out a little bit so you guys can see it but I'm actually using my app registration settings in B2C to authenticate. So I'm going to generate a token. Uh, yeah, that's generated token. So if we close this one, save success. so Now I have a valid token and now I can call my API and it will fail. The tenant ID option must be provided. Tenant ID token, that should be provided in the configuration, I think. Do we not have that? Oh, tenant ID, fine. I didn't think that we needed that before. Something changed in the code, tenant ID. And we can find that in the portal.
0: But like that shows also that it like the error, kind of error message if something is missing so we can see that. Yeah. Grab the information, same page in the portal, like like it's a one stop for all. We just add the line in the config, Mm -hmm. run and it should work now. It should, you're absolutely right. It should, let's find out. No pressure.
2: No pressure. So here, let's send again. And there you go, that's data. So uh, things have slightly evolved, but the good thing is that, uh, again, it doesn't take much to configure an API to to make us more secure.
0: Well, thank you. And now let's go back to Studio for more questions. That was pretty cool. What do you think, Max?
1: Uh, I, I, I think that I'm going to need to learn more about this. I'm going to need to really um, dig into this. And I feel like I need some written content to go through this. So where can I find some learning materials that I can learn at my own pace? Well, the best place to get started at is at uh, Microsoft Learn. We have a fantastic library
2: of all the things that are Azure and .NET and JavaScript and Python and Ruby. We add a lot of content there. And we do have a specific one for identity, and a specific one for identity developers as well. So there's, I develop, there's identity pros so that can go and configure Azure and set the settings in the platform. But as a developer, I need to know how to interact and how to integrate. And there is a specific learn module or learn modules or path that you can go and uh, learn at your own pace. In fact, we also did a whole video play-by-play uh, play on that adding some uh, fun commentary so if you want to watch the video
0: instead of doing it yourself then you can find that on our youtube channel wonderful and all the links will be in the in the show notes that it was just displayed down below there. here it is again awesome yeah. thank you thank you ryan uh i know you had a question that was burning your burning uh, max about uh, apis and what's supported and not do you want to you going to go for it now?
1: <laughs> <laughs> how does it work with Azure Functions? Because yes. uh, I- I'm a big serverless fan and you kind of need to know, like, how does that work with like the technology I love mm-hmm. the most? Um, and I'm not doing like any self-promotion here. So uh- <laughs> I know what you're saying that because
2: um, right, right, like, to begin with, uh, Azure Functions is a fantastic way to build APIs, and it's usually my go-to when I have to build things. Uh, and identity is a major component. You don't want anyone to be calling your APIs, especially if it's accessing sensitive data. So, uh, Microsoft Identity If you are building .NET apps, uh, .NET functions, then Microsoft the package that we showed before actually works with other functions. We made it work and uh, there's a template for yeah. that as well. Um, what you don't get is uh, information for the token itself. So there is a, mm. there are some um, extra packages as well. Like uh, if you're using some like easy auth, then you can use your package. And yeah. you're not self-promoting, I am promoting you, but uh, Maxime has a fantastic new get package for .NET that uh, brings some claims into, yeah, the, the map that brings some claims into your application. If you are building with .NET or Python or PowerShell, then you have to use the MSAL library to actually uh, do the authentication authorization component in your functions. But it's fully supported and it should be supported. Wonderful. Uh,
0: We still have about one minute. So um, is there a recommended way to create secure APIs moving forward?
2: A recommended way. I would say uh, two things that you need to be aware of. Obviously, one is to always authenticate and authorize your users. Don't just let them through the door, but also look at what they can do because different users will have different roles. And the other one is to try to communicate with back-end services in a secure manner. So if you are running on Azure with Azure functions, then Manus Identity is is a great way to allow you or allow your functions to communicate with, say, Cosmos or SQL or other services without having any config settings or any secrets in your application
0: wonderful thank you um and now I will be it will be moving uh, Whoop! am I I'm okay I'm still there uh will we'll be moving to our next segment because this show is technical but at Microsoft it's not only about tech because we are human so mm-hmm. in this week segment of humans of Microsoft Laurent is talking with Rory and uh, is asking him question about moving. So let's watch that.
4: Welcome back to Humans of Microsoft. This is a segment where we talk to people just like you and me, but they all have one thing in common. They all work for Microsoft. And today I'm really excited because I am uh, here with my good friend, Rory Preddy. Hello, Rory, how are you doing?
5: Hello, Laurent. I'm doing great. Uh, it's winter here in the Southern Hemisphere, but I've got my anorak on. I've got my air con, uh, a blowing hot air there. So uh, I, I see all of the hotness going there, but I'm nice and chilled here.
4: That's very good to hear. Indeed, you are based in Johannesburg in South Africa, and you are a developer advocate for Java at Microsoft, because yes, we do also Java at Microsoft. This is really good to know. And uh, Rory, you told me earlier on that for your job, you moved multiple times, right? Can can you tell me a little bit more about that?
5: I've had an extensive career. Um, I started off as an engineer. Uh, assisting financial services companies. And then I fell in love with Java and, um, and programming. And when I did that, um, obviously, I needed to move out of uh, my current uh, city into other cities to try and get uh, my career started in there. And what mm-hmm. I did discover uh, around programming and uh, development, it's really rich when it comes to the ecosystem and the ability to work from home, to work from multiple locations. You've got distributed systems, distributed uh um, Uh, uh, deployment processes, and um, I I discovered that programming isn't just on your laptop with you, it's everywhere around you. So I learned a lot about the DevOps process, uh, programming Mm. and distributed, and I I learned a lot about accessibility and trying to meet my own accessible needs while um, uh, obviously uh, trying to um, work in different jobs, though.
4: Mm-hmm. What, yeah. When- yeah, yeah. So you mentioned earlier that you actually gathered a lot of experience about accessibility for people who want to move. Right? Can, can you tell me more about that?
5: One of the things I learned is that you need to be f- upfront with uh, your uh, stakeholders, your, your jobs around your disability requirements. In mm-hmm. the beginning um, of my career, I was shy. I, I didn't want to tell people that I needed a special chair. Uh, I mm-hmm. couldn't drive too far because uh, my back gets sore. Uh, I needed uh, you know, an, an adequate uh, desk, a standing desk. And eventually I gained the confidence because I realized that if I can help myself, Mm-hmm. Why can't I help others? And oh, I started yeah. becoming an advocate for Microsoft in accessibility um, and, and speaking on programming for accessibility and reaching out to every developer to show them how Microsoft empowers people with uh, tools like Accessibility Insights with uh, Immersive Reader. And it became a passion of mine now to reach out to every developer to show them how to make their career and their jobs easier by embracing accessibility.
4: Oh, this is fantastic! And, and you yourself just mentioned, right, immersive readers. This is an, an AI offering we have. How can actually AI help uh, with accessibility and with your career in general?
5: So we're using AI right now. We don't even realize it. If you take your phone and you do predictive text, that's AI. Um, but we're, we're we're noticing that it's really helping in the way uh, of. Uh, what situational accessibility requirements like I, I need glasses and maybe I want the font bigger or I want something read to me while i 'm doing two things at once and, mm-hmm. and those are uh, like you know uh, situational uh, accessibility requirements that are built into office so if you go to Microsoft teams into OneNote and to, uh, to Word there 's an immersive reader that is built into those systems. you can click on the immersive reader and it brings you into an immersive accessibility accessible uh, experience where mm-hmm. you can change the font, you can change multiple languages, your PowerPoint can do online to anyone around the world. So it's become really um, a human human interaction uh, with technology. And what we're seeing here is an emerging uh, nature of accessibility, whereas before Mm -hmm. accessibility was bolt on. Now, if I change uh, roles or change careers, I can be guaranteed as long as I've got the Microsoft products uh, on my laptop or on my desktop, I will have an accessible experience.
4: -hmm. And this is really good to know because then you don't have to uh, specifically require them, right? This is just built in. That's really cool. So what is one more thing you want to tell our viewers to, to maybe inspire them?
5: Well, if you want to get started with accessible uh, and create accessible uh, documents, there's an accessibility checker uh, on PowerPoint, on Word. Mm. You just click on that. So when you do your review for spelling, click on accessibility checker, and it will help you. It's got some AI built in there, and it's Mm. really great. Um, So click on accessibility checker, and it let it do its job. It's what you you want it to do. It'll check images. It'll check uh, videos, captioning, and really great
4: help that I've found it. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for giving you your fabulous insight about accessibility today. Thank you for being with us. And to all the viewers, join us next time on Humans of Microsoft. Thank you, Rory. Cheers, everyone. That was amazing. Like, that
0: was amazing. That, there was yeah,
4: two yeah.
0: Uh, hosts of Hello uh, World mm-hmm. in season one. Laurent was on uh, every Monday, and Rory was uh, my replacement when I, I couldn't be uh, online.
1: Always <laughs> oh, nice, nice to, to see them. And, and besides being very good show hosts, like they're also our, our colleagues that so we work with them and we kind of go through the same things that they go, they're going through, right? So we, we notice more. So it's a good thing that we're talking about it. Yeah. Um, so, hey, should we go back to the question of the day? Oh, yeah, we should. Oh, yeah, let's do that. All right. Which identity provider have you used to secure your apps? A, Microsoft Identity Platform, or B, odd zero, C, Octa, D, ping, or E, none, I roll my own. And if you're answering E, I'm a little bit scared, but that's fine. And don't forget, you can scan the QR code or you can go to aka.mslash slash hello world slash Q2. Um, please answer that in the chat. Uh, would love to know the answer to, to this questions. Can, can I call a friend? <laughs> <laughs> you can call
2: a friend uh, you can do i don't demo. know the answer can i call a
1: friend if i'm the friend uh, i'm busy right now I'm, I'm i'm having a live stream uh so you can call back later okay <laughs> i will i only have
2: one friend it's mixing
0: so yeah, that's it that's wonderful <laughs> you, uh that was that right. next demo that uh we're about to see that mm. was a surprise that uh, Christas, yeah. right you didn't you didn't share me anything about that
4: Mm-mm. uh
0: before <laughs> we we started the recording so i was uh I, I threw a curveball this time, because I wanted to surprise <laughs> you. <Yeah. laughs> Uncharted territory for both of us. So let's watch that surprise you had for me. Yep. So Christos, I must like you a lot, because that's the first time on Hello World that someone kept, <laughs> kept me in the fog. I, I have no idea what's your demo. So what it is.
2: That's because it's a surprise. Uh, I'm going to show you how to actually configure Azure Active Directory in a CICD way using Python and Jupyter Notebooks, which is very different to what we've shown so far. Uh, we can also achieve the same thing exactly with using .NET Interactive and .NET Notebooks. So whatever I show you today, it's also achievable with .NET, but I like Python. Let's let's throw let's uh, a Kerbal the okay. out there. Yeah, exactly. So I already have a Python project, I've created my virtual environment. So if I do ls, there is just one notebook and some requirements. And the requirements have some dependencies to the libraries that we need. So I'm going to open this in codes, and um, here we have our project, which doesn't really have anything other than print hello world. Once the uh, Jupyter notebook activates, so there you go. We can run this now, and this doesn't do anything other than print hello. The requirements here have two dependencies. We have one for graph, so we can interact with Azure Active Directory, and then the other one is the Azure.identity, which we can use to authenticate to the graph. So Instead of using MSAL, now we're using the Azure identity, which works perfectly well, so we can use master identities and service principles. Let's go back to the notebook, and I'm going to cheat slightly by copying the code from my um, from notes. And that will allow us to actually focus on the code rather than uh, worrying about the other stuff. So this is it. Let me just grab it from here so it's not in our face. And the first thing we'll do is copy the code that we need to uh, authenticate to Azure Active Directory. Mixing effect says we're going to use the interactive browser credential to grab and sign in the, the current user, IME. And then we're going to ask for specific permissions, the scopes, which are about... Uh, creating applications and reading the user profile, and with that we can run it. Uh, yes, yes. To run uh, notebooks, you need to have a specific extension. So let's activate this one. Uh, it's thinking about it now. It's taking some time. It's uh, it's what demos do. They require exactly. interactivity. It's thinking about it in the meantime, I'm going to grab the rest of the code. So when that completes, we can actually demo the whole thing.
3: Wonderful.
0: So before I was having the connection issue and now it's your turn. (laughs) No connection issues, we're all done. So I can run it
2: and it should work. Perfect, so now we need to just add one piece of code which is here. And then what we're doing here is we're saying, I want to create an API app registration, which we did before. Uh, and I want to pass some uh, variables and we're also going to create an API permission. So if you were to use this one to create an API app registration, this will do the whole thing for you and dump out the information you need to copy in your code. So let's run it here. It actually prompts for authenticating. I'm going to use my uh, my account for my dev tenants. And mm-hmm. then I'm authenticating and I'm going to close this one very quickly and then come back here. It's running, 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 and it's done. So I have my client ID, I have my domain, I have my tenant ID, all done for me uh, via the notebook. And then I grab that information and dump it into my code, or I can automate uh, part of the process and grab that information and pass it down further my CI, CD pipeline to configure my web app as it deploys. And as you can see, um, this is a fantastic way for... Even expressing complex scenarios where we may need to have an API app registration with a client app registration and uh, another client app registration maybe for a mobile app and a single-page app. We can express all these in one go. And because we're using the Azure Identity Library, it means that we can also automate that by passing uh, a different type of credential. So instead of an interactive browser credential, which I use to mainly show you how to do it, we can have service principal credentials with um, with maybe a certificate instead of a secret, so we eliminate secrets from the interaction. Or we can use a managed identity with our say GitHub action uh, in a custom runner to use that information to implement all these. And if you're interested, then I have a blog post showing you how to do all that uh, for CI/CD and automating the Azure Active Directory component, which, as I said, usually trips people. And that's where they tend to uh, mess things up and break the
0: experience. Wonderful. Well, we'll make sure to put everything, let me, not not that big, this big. I'll put all everything in the show notes, uh, make sure everybody can uh, can read your, your blog post and all the rest. But for now, let's go see the question in the chat. <laughs> that was cool. I was asking, uh, I did a pop quiz in the chat asking oh. about... Uh, MSLA and I really like people are creative in their answers, so that's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> I particularly like the author instead of off.
3: Like, yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, so library. I have one question. I didn't. I didn't see any questions specific to that. Uh, people mm-hmm. who liked it, we we saw that uh, was it. Uh, Khalid was saying like that was cool. Uh, but is there other ways to automate? Because my Python is not very good. Is there other ways to uh, automate that? Uh, yeah, you can use
2: you can use Postman, you can use um, the REST API tool in uh, VS Code. So you can write that whole thing as a REST call because everything is an API, right? So what Graph, in effect, does it's wrap around those uh, REST API calls and do them uh, do them for you, simplify the process. So REST, anything that can automate REST, in effect, REST calls. Uh, oh. can, can be used. Uh, graph can, can be used as well, so you can write graph with .NET and have a console app and execute a console app, or you can use notebooks. because I like notebooks because they're more interactive and can add Markdown as well to explain what each step does and how it works. So it's more
1: about a learning tool rather than automation tool, but the choice is yours. Excellent. I, I, so, okay, entertain me for a minute here. Mm-hmm. I could take I could technically use the .net http repl if the, yes. so nobody use by the way if nobody knows that tool is it's incredible it's awesome. you need to use it mm-hmm. uh, so I could use the, the .net http repl to do the whole thing just yes. purely come from the command line no yes. postman no other tools just purely .net just yes. through the command line and I think that .net repl has added
2: support for authentication right because that's the one thing that you need to do you need to authenticate as a user first in order to be able to call into Azure Active Directory with the rest of the REST calls, right? So uh, hmm. the first thing you need to do is acquire a token. How that token gets passed into your API tool, doesn't really matter. So if, it, if it's supported out of the box, then perfect. If it's not supported, then you need to find a way to pass the token, acquire and pass the token.
1: So basically, hey, it's cross languages, right? We can do yes. uh, all of this through any any languages, including the one we don't support. So. Yeah. It's just left for the picking for anyone to just do this, uh, the small integration that we need to do on this.
2: Mm-hmm. The nice thing about that's graph is that it
1: actually it actually has strongly tied objects. So if
2: I, you mm. need to create an application as an application object, and then it makes your life a lot easier. Otherwise you have to reverse engineer your, your REST calls, right? The payload needs to be reverse engineered So you know what to send. Now that's the trickiest bit uh, graph makes that a lot more straightforward because whichever language you use, then you can actually just uh, grab that object in that language. And if it's JavaScript, TypeScript, uh, or .NET or Java, and then make your life easier so you don't have to work out all the properties that you need to pass in.
0: That's wonderful. And you know what, my friends? It's time to wrap up. So in this episode, we you show, because like I, I was very passive, how to start with like a web app securely, also doing it a little bit more automatic way. Do it when it's an API when, when there's no UI right it's like an API and then automated that registration with Py- Jupyter notebook that was pretty mm-hmm. cool that's no, a that's a nice so it's a cool demo I,
1: like a whole bunch of demos that are like very very um I'm very passionate about them let's just say <laughs> it like that like that and um, do we have any answers from our question of today or do you want to repeat it Question of the day, it was
0: which identity provider did you use? The options are there. You have the little QR code. We have a code answer in the chat, in the comment, and uh, we'll make sure to translate that for to Christos. Uh, but for now, we'll also put it in the show notes. Everything is in the show notes. The show will be available on demand after, but stay tuned because in a few minutes, Azure Fun Byte is coming up with... Uh, Jay, and I'm sure it's very interesting. So have a good end of week, everybody, and see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone.